Hello, hello, welcome, welcome. I'm Melvin. And I'm Nick, and thank you for listening to the first official episode of Rhythm and Love. We are so excited to release the first episode. How do you feel? I am super stoked. I'm uh, done a lot of work over the last few months getting this ready, prepping for it, and I'm excited to share it with everyone. Absolutely, me too. Um, today, we've got our first guest. His name is Nathan Bulla. He's played with multiple bands such as Auras, Intervals, and he's even got a cover band that he has at home, or when he when he's not on the road, called Shred Penner. Uh, he even did a special gig that Nick here likes a lot. <laughs> yeah, uh, he actually played drums with Canadian legend Kim Mitchell. So in the interview, we talked about those gigs with Kim touring the world with his other band sharing stories about being you know sharing with supporting each other while on the road as bandmates those hard nights and whatnot he even talks about being a drum instructor and teaching yeah. lessons yeah and he also talks a bit about endorsements and what a drummer or anybody can expect trying to get an endorsement what are some of the steps that you can take so if you're in your car or at home grab yourself a drink Enjoy the show. Thank you very much for listening. Nathan Bola, welcome. How you doing? I'm doing good. Since I'm at home. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> very comfortable. What's things been like for you with COVID as a drummer? Uh, well, I mean, it's sort of been a lot of different things. It's been basically just rediscovering what I can do from the power of my or the, the the place of my basement my comfort the comfort of my basement I guess is um which is evolved into more of a complete workspace I think for for what I need to do which is basically everything that I am asked to do yeah <laughs> any given moment like you never know so so work is still flowing at this point yeah for the most part I mean it's different for sure um, but it's allowed me to do things that I usually have to either turn down or like put off because I'm not going to be home to do it. And I need to be home at least enough, you know, for enough time to, to focus on something like that, you know, yeah. or anywhere really anywhere in specific, anywhere where I can have drums and record them and things like that. Yeah. Right. Or a MIDI drum kit or something like that. Yeah, absolutely. With everything that you've got going on, you obviously didn't get this overnight. So yeah. let's backpedal, and what got you into music in the first place? Uh, well, I mean, it was definitely my dad. Like, my dad's a musician, and he's got a a band he's been in for, like, it's got to be 25-plus years. Um, wow. With a couple, yeah, like, pretty much the core guys. Um, they did have a singer for a while, but they haven't played with him in 20-plus years. But they did a couple albums with him in, like, the 90s. And they would rehearse in my my living room. I just remember coming downstairs at like three or four and just sitting on the couch and just staring at the drummer. Like there, it kind of was always, you know, and I already had a little plastic kit, I think, before that point. Or maybe it was around then um, that I was just banging on stuff and, you know, making noise with pots and pans as yeah. everyone else does, you <laughs> yeah. know, when you don't have access to anything. Absolutely. But yeah, it was... And my dad, like, notorious CD collector back when that was a, you know, big thing. Like, well over a thousand of them, different genres and things like that. So I had a pretty musical upbringing just as far as, like, listening to different things. And nothing was ever in the pop realm other than just kind of some of the classic 80s, um, you know. That, and I don't really consider that to be as pop-oriented because mm -hmm. there's a lot of really interesting mainstream music that was out back then. Yeah, um, yeah. So, so was your dad the drummer of the band? Or? No, my dad was the piano player. Oh, okay. Um, keyboard, piano, and he... So we went to, like, an all-boys choir school in Toronto growing up, and they did, you know, choir for a chunk of the day, organ for a chunk of the day, and then math, science, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, for... There's a school for that. Dude, from K to wow. 13, my dad was in an all-boys school. <laughs> really? <laughs> <laughs> or one, at least 1 to 13, I'm not sure. And it, both of his younger brothers, my uncles, they left within... I think they went one year or two years. I think my uh, one of my uncles maybe went for a few extra years, but 
my youngest uncle is just like, no, this is not for me. <laughs> this <laughs> yeah, is not my kind of deal. <laughs> I don't Whereas, think I could do it. <laughs> yeah, my dad, you know, firstborn, he's, you know, he just had the musical bug from the beginning and yeah. and responsible, oldest brother, you know, mm-hmm. oldest yeah. sibling. So it was always that structure that he kind of, that it gave him for sure. And like, yeah, it's, <laughs> yeah, but always, yeah, always music. And, and when your dad plays the piano, like he comes to your school and plays the piano when you're in kindergarten and oh, everyone's no. like, ah, oh, it's Paul Bullock. <laughs> so my dad's like a mini celebrity That's in, awesome. in all my friend groups and stuff like that. My oh. sister's friends are obsessed with him. So yeah, just because of his piano abilities. Yeah. Like, yeah. He'll go to my grandparents' like retirement home and they'll have a piano in the thing. And like, hey, do you mind if I play piano? They're, oh my God, please, please, please play <laughs> That's piano. That's amazing. No one plays and like no one from the outside. He's, you know, he's yeah. a great player. He plays mm. a whole bunch of everything really. Have you guys ever done anything together? Not really, like a little bit. I mean, back when I first started, like, kind of getting almost gig ready where I could play the rock beat plus a fill or two. Yes. And hold stable a whole song and, and listen a little bit, like developing my listening skills early on. Um, we There was like a boathouse party thing, or like a cottage party that we'd go to every year. And I definitely played with his band like once or twice there. And, and it was... But it was more like, you know, drums are loud and my drums were never in the living room, which is where the piano was. So obviously that's where you put a, a piano. Yeah. Um, my drums were in the shed in the backyard. <laughs> okay. Outside of the house, you know, yeah. to make sure. Which for me was the best thing of the world because it made me feel like, you know, no one's getting really bugged by me. And so I can really lash out. Like, you know, you hit, you're a super hard hitting drummer. And like, I feel like you can't really develop that if you feel like you're, if you ever have that in your head where you're like, oh, someone's going to be like, you know, not super excited. Yes. Meanwhile, playing a little bit lighter on the drums is still f- the loudest thing ever. Like yeah. you can't really play ultimately that quiet and practice yeah. and really get, you know, get your bearings on the instrument. So yeah, I was very fortunate to be separated from the house. So yeah, but absolutely. that resulted in not, not tons of jamming in that sense. But yeah, we always play a song or two together at the family party every year. And like, yeah. It's a big event. Right? So, yeah, yeah. 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 It's a big thing. So. But it's never, yeah, we don't tend to jam, but we should, I guess, you know? Yeah. should get more of that in, I guess. Do a song together. Yeah. You got all this nice stuff. (laughs) We're in Nathan's basement, uh, six feet apart. He's got lots of nice recording gear here, um, which I'm sure we'll get into. But that's the backstory of music. What made you decide, like, okay, I love this thing. I want to make this my job. And how old were you? I don't like there was Did really you always a, know? I don't think there was an aha moment for me so yeah. much. Well, okay, there was one moment in particular, but it was um it was just more so about Yeah, I guess it's exactly what you're saying really in that sense where it's I just wanted to be able to only play drums and that was it. Like or or things surrounding it. Like I definitely wanted to use that as my sort of catapult into figuring out who I was gonna be as a human being after that. So cool. Um, yeah. And I was three months into getting my first kit. I just remember in the back shed, like, <laughs> one day of just hammering away. I don't even think I had lessons at the time. Um, and I was just kind of bashing away. And I just remember being like, yeah, like 100%. Like, I walked out of the room and just was standing there and just like, that's weird. Because I feel like I just figured it out. And I won't have to figure out anything this hard ever again. <laughs> and I don't know if I was right about that, but it definitely set me up to at least have some sort of direction, some sort of path from a, you know, early before high school. Right. Yeah. I was yeah. like in grade seven or something. So, you know, grade eight, it started shifting that focus. And I almost went to um, a school called Eastwood in the area. Which okay, I just yeah. started I one that. of my new students yesterday was just saying he goes to Eastwood, Eastwood. And he's in grade nine. And I was telling him about the story. I auditioned there when I was actually in grade seven. Um, but I ended up going to Benny's, which yeah. is, as you know, is a very musical, like super amazing place for the arts, especially yes. when we were there in yes. particular, just because of the people that were also yeah. there. For people listening, um, uh, Nathan and I attended St. Benedict's High School together in Cambridge, uh, yeah, can, uh, which yeah, we met quite a few, which is cool that, been like, yeah, 20, um, 2004, something like that, yeah, yeah. and uh, it's cool to see some of the musicians that we grew up with continue to do it like Andrew yeah. Kanch Rich De Silva Rich De Silva I mean, it's funny too because think about the drum circle yeah like, when you think about that it's hilarious just because like 
I don't know a lot of other people that were, we were all, like, um, what was his name? Uh, oh, Chris Smith, was it his last name? The big hair? Yeah. Bass player? The, the most yeah. wild <laughs> bass player. And I remember him one day just being like, yeah, I'm not really into it. And I what? was like, what are you talking about? <laughs> but to me, that was foreign, right? Like, yes. because I had already figured that out and it just clicked with me and it was just, it. I had already kind of ramped, I had spent, you know, six or eight maybe nine years ramping up into it watching my dad's band play i mm-hmm. took a, a couple lessons when i was six even just learning a paradiddle and yeah simple things but as far as getting a drum kit i was begging for it for years before i got it so it was always yeah. you know a trajectory it was never like uh i have no idea if i'm gonna like this and then oh wow i like this like yeah. it was like oh give me those drums and then <laughs> yeah. when i was on them i was like yeah this is exactly what i was hoping for <laughs> yeah, exactly but you know it's it's uh it's something i've just been trying to like be grateful for in every sense yeah hence the recording hence yeah. the you know teaching and do just doing different things with it because you know if it's not going to be exciting you kind of lose your your edge with it you, yeah. you, you kind of get a little bit more stable with or a little plateaued i guess with with anything you do that way but yeah i just try to find as many different things so that when i go and stop doing one thing for a little while. When I go back to it, it's almost like starting from scratch in a way. Mm-hmm. You know, you just get that rejuvenation every time. It's, yeah, it's very satisfying stuff. Yeah. yeah. So, did you were you in like a lot of different bands in high school? Being such a musical school, was it like you drum for this person, but you also did this, or like did a lot of people rotate around there with you guys? Or yeah, I mean. As a drummer, yeah, you sort of have to have like you know you have to have the moniker where you, <clears throat> you're first and foremost, maybe you're in a band first and foremost. So and I'm thinking about this in almost in like um you put it on the top of your MySpace like you know in your about section. I can't remember <laughs> what that looked like or even the face the beginning of Facebook because I remember doing this and and getting cut up a little bit by Rich because he, you know, I wasn't really doing anything with this, but. I had my band name, uh, I, I'd play in a couple different bands, um, but you only ever one at a time. But at the same time, you're also a session drummer. <laughs> yep. Because yeah. you have to make people go like, oh, like, so if I need a guy maybe for a gig or like a recording, like, okay, that's a good, I just wanted to make sure that people knew that that was a thing. And then eventually I started getting session work and people were just like, oh yeah, like, you know, you've done sessions. and. and I'd never had to sort of like confirm or deny. I just sort of had to like <laughs> yeah, go with yeah. the flow. But to answer your question specifically, yeah, I was only ever like in a band at a time. And then by the time I left high school, um, I left, I was in like my second band and then played a bit of hip hop and stuff. And then I found myself in my current band. Bands. Yes. So now you have yeah. multiple bands. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah, it's funny. I always had one at a time, but now I have three that mm. are, well, two that are, are very, um, well, I guess yeah, everything has its place, but yeah, um, I have a busy enough time. <laughs> yeah, keeping mm-hmm. up with the three, but there, there's hierarchy. You know, there's there's a level of balance and that I've luckily been able to achieve based on all the amazing people that I work with. But at the end of the day, it's it it's been very challenging at certain points. It's kind of bit me in the ass a little bit, but. You know, I've managed to hang on and okay. mm-hmm. and hopefully keep you know keep everything stable. And I love all the groups that I'm in, so I would love to. That I'd love for this to be the end of my joining a new band. Yeah, <laughs> I doubt it, but you know, I'll be like 45 or 50 or something, doing something completely different that I didn't think I would do. But maybe going back to playing like in a random reggae band or something like that would. But uh, yeah, currently it's just. It's funny because it's, yeah, it's a lot more than I've ever done, but it's like a kind of a perfect balance, at least at this point. Yeah. Um, but as I move forward, you know, things change. Mm-hmm. So you never know. Well, if you're comfortable, what were some of the struggles? And yeah, especially the younger years and even more so recently, besides, let's not talk about the COVID year, but yeah, yeah. what <laughs> were some of the struggles and what was like, what you used over or like, how'd you overcome it? Yeah, I mean, I guess more recently it would definitely be scheduling and just sort of balancing things. Like, for example, my cover band, um, we play around the area a lot. And uh, um, even, like, try to do outside the area, like, anywhere between, like, a couple hours away. We've gone up to Cottage Country and done some gigs there. And we love to keep things, you know, busy for the most part. We try to do most weekends. I mean, not at this time right now, but... 
we totally kind of almost got, I guess, sort of the band slowed down a little bit as far as the income of everyone because everyone's like used to making the side income because oh, yeah. I'm away and there's just not as much desire to maybe book because like we have a, um, uh, there's a guy that fills in for me when I'm gone, which is great. We have a couple different guys that can do it, but that just ends up, you know, if I'm not here, it sort of ends up being less of a, of a sure thing that we're going to confirm gigs and, and all that stuff. So yeah. booking dies down and then I come back and it takes a bit to get back up and then I'm gone again. And then, yeah. so I'm sort of like, they're sort of at the mercy of my schedule in a lot of ways, yeah. but I mean, they're, they're, they do stuff full time as well. And, and there's some balance there, but, and even between my two original bands, like, you know, tours that we both really want at the same time, like, what do you do? I, right? know, like and how... I have a very specific job with both bands. Like, I don't yeah. think it's not something you can just grab a quick, like sub for, and then hope for the best. Like you kind of have to, I don't know. Like, I don't really have an answer for any of that. Yeah. Really. Mm. <laughs> that's, that's the whole, that's mainly yeah. the issue. Yeah. I think that's sort of the, that's the thing that just looms over my head constantly at all times, basically. But other than that, when it keep when it sort of ends up flushing itself out and just working like puzzle pieces, I like have a little internal, like fist pump in the air. Yeah. Yes. Yes. I'm so glad yeah. I worked out. That I come home, I'm home for a week and I go out with that band. And then I come home from that and I go out for a week and I got four cover gigs and then I go out with that. And I have like, you know, I just have personal victories that way. Yeah. But, yeah. but yeah. that's like out of my hands most yeah. of the time. So it's mm -hmm. so it can be nerve wracking in ways. And, yeah. And then when you get home from stuff, you got to do things with some of those groups. So you got to, you know, record albums and make content and like, playthrough videos and, yeah, and yeah. do all kinds of other things that are involved with that stuff that are not on the road. You have to fit that in while doing it. But if I'm on the road with the other band, that's a new block of time that I can't do stuff with that. Yeah. Band. So mm -hmm. even little things like that find their way to, to kind of piss me off a little yeah, bit. Yeah. But, <laughs> so yeah, so yeah, yeah, I've been fortunate. Yeah, for sure. Like, and that's the one thing too, like with the success of your band so far, like you guys have been able to like travel the world, do lots of tours everywhere. Like, yeah. what have been, like, some of your memories? Like, what has really stood out to you? Um, it's, I mean, that's tough because there's so many things that happen, like, and at the same time, almost nothing happens. Like, it's it's <laughs> very much, like, it's sort of like the same thing as as just, you know, traveling in the States or, or even road tripping or something, yeah. but touring the States and every day is, it's another version of yesterday in a way. But there's, it's funny because there's so many, like, things about the people that you think you know <laughs> till yeah. you are sleeping on the airport floor on their lap with your head on their lap and you're like <laughs> I need you right now yeah. kind of thing little things like that where you sort of I think the thing I learned the most is that like I don't need to be uh, amazing for myself I need to be amazing for the people that are around me so that they make it through because if they do the same thing I'll make it through yeah and it yeah. became so much more of a selfless like ordeal or, or selfless like endeavor going out, especially when we go in the long hauls, like um, done a couple runs where it's just flights every day, but we're not back to the hotel at two until one or two in the morning and lobby calls at four thirty, and then we're on a plane and then we have yeah. sound check and then we show and then again, two in the morning and then lobby calls at four thirty, And then, yeah. so we've done that enough times where it's like, you need to, like, yeah, I mean, a week into one of those, you're like, I, we need to just link arms and figure out a way yeah, to get through yeah. this together. Where you even with like the time zone yeah. differences too, right? Like it's just yeah. like yeah, absolutely. That plays an effect on your body and everything. Yeah, and certain people. I mean, there's obviously strengths. Everyone's got their different strengths in different groups, but there's you got to rely on the people that you know have good body body clock changes. If your body clock is bad at adapting to where you are, yeah. so like. You know, there's there's been a couple times where I'll be completely knocked out and like no alarm could wake me up huh. at all, and that's a flight we have to make. Yeah. And like I got a dude that I know is going to be knocking on my door. Like our sound guy Chase, for example, I usually end up rooming with him because we'll do two and two and two or something like that. And for the most part, I can rely on the fact that he'll be up and he'll literally just pull my feet like from the bed and whip me across the room if that's what it takes. Like it's, it's making sure that people, you know, there's like, um, there's accountability throughout the whole camp and that everyone's working together. But I think that was the thing, like you go in thinking that, cause we go on with a tour manager most of the time, or at least someone that's running everything. And at the beginning you're sort of just like, yes, whatever you say, and I'll just do it. 
But after a while, you start realizing that if you are assisting the scenario by just being, by having foresight with certain things and, mm. you know, preparing your bags in certain ways and being organized in certain ways, having your passport when they, before they even say you have your passport, like little things like that, that goes such a long way into just the morale of the person leading and therefore the experience just trickles Whoa. down. And so little things like that, like I remember sitting, being on a plane one day and almost seeing that visually in my head and being like, man, we've come a long way. Like, we were dicks to each other at the beginning just because we were like, you know, we were tired and, but we didn't, but he, you know, Jacob would be tired and he'd be cranky or I'd be tired. And, and either way, one of us would get mad at the other. And after, after time you start being like, Oh, that guy's crabby. Like I got to find ways to cheer him up as opposed to wow. let it get to you. Um, so there's, yeah, that's probably the thing that's just made me a little bit more almost Zen throughout and, and just yeah. in life i think in general but i love that it's because, yeah, yeah it, i well it's it's a big i mean it's a big thing and it's sort of it it sort of leaks into like the teaching and all that stuff too yeah and people get frustrated and they're working on something like you got to find a way to make something exciting and and to give them almost some second a second wind you know so yeah some more hope that it's like oh yeah i'm fine like you know this may be hard at this moment but like it'll be cool yeah, for sure. That's all you can kind of do, I guess, right? Like, yeah. You can get so lost in the back of that van. Or yeah. Especially wherever you yeah. are. Mm -hmm. In Especially your own driving, head. driving, yeah. driving. Like, yeah, man. Yeah. <laughs> Not to complain because we no, get to have a that's lucky the thing. Job. It's an amazing experience, yeah. but it's like you, you get to. And this is actually, it's funny. I've never made this connection until right now, but I talk about this with a lot of my students. I have this phrase for things um, because it's so true where you repeat something. And the whole goal of getting better at an instrument is repeating, you know, small phrases over and over again and doing these things so you can focus on different elements of it. You're repeating things over and over again. There's a point in time where your brain just can't play it anymore, even though you played it a billion times and it's not a hard thing. In fact, now it's almost harder than it would ever be because you've done it this many times. Just like if you say the word microwave like 80 times it sounds so weird at the end yeah. it's also weird and hard to say yeah by the 80th time in a row without breaking up your brain and letting it think about something else so the brain needs that stimulation and so i call that repetitionitis when you just repeat 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 mm. and then your brain just goes wait what the, what the hell are we doing again like what was that <laughs> and every student i bring it up to you just starts laughing like kids adults they're just like oh that's so true like that's good to hear that i'm not the only one yeah and that's exactly what touring is like where it's like Whoa. you you know you're huh. you're on top of the paradiddle and you're like yeah this is good I'm I'm good at the paradiddle but then after doing the exact same paradiddle at the same tempo for ten minutes you're like is that do I enjoy it? what is this am I what's <laughs> happening now like you're kind of you're in tunnel vision like <laughs> yeah it's yeah. it's a, it's a human I don't know it's just a, a thing that happens in different like aspects of our lives yeah. I think in s subtle and subconscious ways probably but yeah. that's something that I make I just yeah, that connection is very, very real. Yeah, <laughs> that's a real connection right there. Uh, a cool trick that I had heard for like, may not help with touring, but practicing if you need to cram or you're learning a song, mm -hmm. like an interval song, which ain't easy probably. Well, One of these in steps. Yeah, the best thing that I heard from this guy named Jim Quick was twenty minute intervals. Yeah, yeah, twenty breaks. minutes and then a five breaks. minute break. Yeah, breaks. And you go back hard for 20 minutes. Dude, yeah. Well, break, but the whole thing in that yeah. is breaks are the important thing. Yeah. Like your duration can vary. Like your mileage oh, varies yeah. depending on what you're doing. If it's something extra hard, you might only want to go five minutes the first 20 times you do it or even five times or True, whatever. Yeah. Just because you're getting it under your skin a bit. But yeah, the, the five minute break thing is a hundred. And that goes for, I mean, any mixing engineer will tell you that. Like literally you absolutely must take breaks. And if you do not, you will not enjoy your product. Like you yeah. won't like what you come up with because you get stuck inside of this box of yep. what you're hearing <laughs> and what you're, and you're, you know what? That's a testament to the human body. That's the ears are supposed to do that. They're supposed to like, that's why you don't, when you walk outside and it's super loud for a second, that's why it's not super loud constantly all the time. It like, you know, the extreme or the, the ambient noise and stuff like that almost gets suppressed and, yeah. and you can focus on someone's words when they're talking to you, even though noise is happening around. Yeah. Well, Those, that's an amazing thing that you can do. And all we try to do when we're trying to learn and, or create, you know, Again, audio mixes, that's obviously a pretty prime example. Yeah. All we're trying to do is trick the ears into not adapting yet. So we don't want to yeah. even adapt. We want it to feel fresh. So we have an actual perspective that we can relate to 
with other things. You know what I mean? Absolutely, like, yeah. It's such a funny thing because it's, again, another thing that's all-encompassing throughout everything. Yeah, for sure. Um, so, man, with all that stuff, one of the things that a lot of people think about when you become a full-time musician in any field is endorsements. Mm-hmm. Um, you're heavily endorsed. I'm happily in partnerships with people. I love yes. how you yeah. say that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, I mean, it's exactly what it is. Do you do you mind talking about that? About like the journey of getting companies? Like when should a drummer or other musician be like, okay, it's now time. Yeah. I, I, well, and I'm, I'm somewhat new to like having relationships like this with companies where it's not just sort of like, um, you know, you can apply because they want people to be on the roster or whatever, and then you sort of get a deal through them or whatever. Um, this is like a, you know, I call a guy, there's a guy that I know and I, he's the guy I like and that's why I'm with the company and, and the people that I met within the company have been, you know, I, people that I look up to and respect and um, and obviously appreciate a lot. But it's, it's sort of, um, at least for me, it's been more of a result of my variety my my versatility just the fact that i do different things the fact that i'm in different places playing different things and and all that stuff because with my the drums that i use with sonar um that was through a contact that i got playing a classic rock gig Hmm. and it was actually even prior to that was that the kim mitchell gig yeah that was yeah that was the kim gig and uh it was it was while i was doing my homework is that the Burlington, um, what's that festival called? Sound, Sound of Music one? Festival? Yeah. yeah. I was going to say, the, the movie? No. <laughs> um, yeah, so it was that, that it was, must have been 2013, 2014, something like that. And um, I was sitting side stage with Scott, who's my rep at, at Sonar, who's actually also the, uh, he's at Coast Music in Canada, and he deals with all Vic Firth and Zildjian and Sonar wow. in Canada. Wow. He's, a, he's a big daddy boy. Like, oh my gosh. Scott is the man. <laughs> and it's funny because I hear from people all, literally all over the world, like um, before, uh, there was when I, we were, we played a show in South Africa once and the, he ended up talking to someone down there. They don't actually have a backline spot for like, you know, just, oh, I got a kid, I'm playing a show down there because almost no one goes down there just to play a tour or shows. And yeah, it doesn't yeah. happen that often. Where you need backline from every company. I'm sure Pearl has stuff. I believe Tom has stuff, but Sonar just had they haven't had a huge need for for import type things. And so I ended up using this guy's kit. Like he just let me borrow it basically because hmm. there's a buddy of Scott down there. Because well. and that guy was just like, oh yeah, everyone loves Scott. Like and wow. I'm in South Africa. Just this guy's just like yeah, everyone loves Scott. I'm like oh okay. Like everyone just knows him. You walk into any Long McQuaid, you know, everyone knows who he is. And wow. Um, so so people from South Africa to Burlington. Yeah, yeah, wow, man. <laughs> yeah. Um, and and it's just because you know Scott is uh, oh he's a I think he's a worldwide wide rep for some for some things. Um, Coast Music deals with tons of different um, artists and companies and different things. Um, but he was just there with me just because he was hanging at the show, and he only wanted to go see Chris, and he just happened to be sitting side stage. I was there doing my homework to see how the show went understand the transitions, any of the live changes they were making just to get my my eyes behind a, a, a show that I was going to be playing the next gig, literally, without rehearsal, too. That was the other reason I was there, just because I wasn't going to be able to rehearse with them. And Scott was sitting there the whole time, and it was great because he was kind of like sort of helping me. He was just pointing out little things that the band was doing that he was like, yeah, they've been doing that for a year. Like, you know, little things like that to help me kind of like, okay, so that's going to happen. You oh, know, wow. they're going to be like thinking mm-hmm. about not, not, and nothing major. He wasn't like blowing the doors wide open, but he was just being super subtle, really nice about it. It was the nicest guy ever. And for years after that, we were chatting, chatting. And that was yeah, 2014. I didn't actually sign with Sonar until I think 2017, we pulled the trigger or something. Wow. But, or late, maybe even early 2018, I think. Mm-hmm. I can't remember when it was, but it's been, yeah, about three years or something now. And so anyway, the whole time, he was, you know, we were just chatting here and there. We had breakfast one time and he was just in town um, and we just stayed in touch. And then, you know, one day he's like, you know, maybe it's time if you're going out on a, on a tour with a new cycle, you need a new kit. And I've been using this custom kit for so long that I 
have they're like family friends of mine basically that built it so almost the jelly bean. separating myself from that yeah. it was a yeah. separate it was a like a chapter for me almost so yeah. so yeah scott was the like i knew that it was like i'm not unless they get rid of me like i can't you won't you, i don't want to eat my words in the future but you probably won't see me playing other drums like you know because they're the best like the more i play sonar drums i'm like oh yeah this is why they're expensive like, <laughs> everyone's always like oh my god like the premier sonar kits are insanely beautiful and they're wow. just they can't sound bad you can't make them sound bad i've had students with the lowest line sonar stuff and it's yeah. never sounded bad i've never crazy so mm. that was always something that i i always like really liked the brand but it was meeting scott it was a huge thing wow so it was the relationship there and in a similar way um the minor thing was through just playing in the progressive metal bands that I'm that I'm in in that sense and that because that's more of that world yeah and gotcha. it's weird because I I sort of had a relationship a little bit with another guy from another symbol company who you know I was really interested in like you know because I grew up what like loving them and all that stuff and and it was Canada based like he was in Canada this was a rep that I knew in Canada and I knew that would that would be able to be it's just an easier thing you're shipping in canada yeah, yeah. like any ties mm -hmm. like that you can do is the best and then he left the company and that was right around the time like i was doing the kim thing it was just after that so there went my connection with that guy or that company yeah yeah so i wow. didn't have it i had no lead for symbols and I, I kind of was just you know i was breaking so much stuff and i was touring so much wow. that i was breaking mm -hmm more than ever spending and a was, paycheck just yeah. to tour again yeah and and yeah. like the band was dipping in and buying me stuff and like it was like it was a team effort just keeping me afloat yeah yeah um just because it was like such a like it, no one wanted me to not hit as hard like <laughs> everyone was like don't lose energy like we need this but yeah. like you know like holy shit like you know and uh, there's little bits of swiping side to side versus hitting straight on that that you develop and and all these things get better and you preserve the symbols but totally, yeah. but chris came through like he didn't you know that never um it never materialized until I could have a face to face conversation with him. And he was like, he summoned me basically to the Minel booth <laughs> at Minel like three years ago or something. And, and cause we were running through there on tour and we took a, a stop at, at NAMM. So we were there for a few okay, days. Okay. Yeah. So you're at NAMM. Yeah. So gotcha. I got to hang out at least and at, at any time, like I was very open and didn't like, I wasn't there specifically only for one day. And then we were off to the next place. We had the whole four, five days actually, even the day after it, which we saw sugar the fifth day. And it was the greatest thing in the world. <laughs> but the, the name thing was just great. Cause we were hanging out close by at an RV park in our bus and just kind of like, you know, I was there for most of the time, but if, you know, I, I heard that Chris needed to see me. So I, basically ran to the to the convention <laughs> center like took a quick jog i was just kind of like okay i gotta keep my heartbeat down like yeah. this is all good because i had had emails with him and he'd helped me out actually yeah. a couple years uh, for a couple years since then with um they gave me a bit of a deal on like a, a bit of a discount versus where you get it guitar center along McQuaid and whatever so just that alone was huge and then so we've been doing that for a couple years and then we finally had face-to-face -face conversation and he Basically, it was just, you know, ironing out things. This guy is, like, asked to to give everyone a favor, essentially, right? Like, you know, every, every band that already has it, if a, a dude already has it, and then the new drummer comes in because that guy left, like, there's always this, this like, floating expectation that, oh, you know, the this next guy is going to get the same deal or whatever. And hmm. Chris is just like, yeah, I don't, I don't, like, I'm not here to, to endorse the band, like, you, I'm wow. here to endorse you. Like we don't, we don't yeah. want the band. We want you because who knows if you're going to be in this band. And that's the thing that sort of, at least from his perspective or how he explained his perspective that to me made total sense. Cause yeah. it's like, and also that's really good for me because I do so much stuff that I don't really even know. You know, I hope to be in this band, like I said, for a long time, but yeah. you never know. And it's good to know that they're not going to be like, well, you're not in that band anymore. So get the hell out of here, you know? <laughs> yeah. So, and that's the thing with Scott. I know that I'm in that position. He's not going to be like, oh my God, you know, like, get out of here. Get his name off the website. And he's the kind of, Scott's the kind of guy where he's like, dude, if, if you got like a snare that's like real sick and it's not sonar, like you can use it, like go for it. He's not like, you know, he's not, he's, it's not to, to a point where, you know, I'm in shackles or any of that stuff Yeah. because it's a relationship. They understand that obviously I appreciate the living hell out of any of this stuff. 
Yeah. And they're extremely like um, understanding of my sometimes bizarre situation that I'm in. Yeah. Well, that's the thing too. Like you said, like you know, you first met him at that gig. Yeah. In 2013, and it wasn't totally five years later. Yeah. It's something you had to mm. build on, you had to work with, and everything. Yeah, and I might have, you know, say I pulled the trigger right away, and when I was doing a little bit less, I wasn't touring. Um, with intervals full time at the time, I think I had done one tour with them, like as a fill in before that moment. But that they weren't even a band where that would matter. To, like Sonar's, like the, it's, they're the biggest, one of the biggest oh, yeah. companies in the world. Like it's, oh, yeah. I don't know who the fucking Intervals is. Like he doesn't, <laughs> he doesn't really care who Intervals is in that mm-hmm. sense. Um, huh. So I mean, maybe he does, but like he's, I mean, actually now that I say that he actually does hit me up and was like, I like, you know, send me the new song and he's actually excited yeah, for it. Yeah. So I think he is a bit of a, bit of a fan, but he's a music guy. Um, but it's not like, you know, we're not even someone. And it's funny cause we think about it like we're not like Parkway drive, but even that's a tiny band like yeah, in the, right. in the grand scheme. Yeah, of yeah, yeah. Compared to like but, somebody who's playing for a country artist. Exactly. And yeah, I've seen yeah. Parkway play to a hundred thousand people with pyro. And it's like, uh-huh. can you get bigger than this? Like what? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But you know, if, if you're Jason Aldean, you're doing that every night, all year, every yeah. year, yeah. you're just doing that. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, rich Redman gets whatever the hell he wants. Cause it's yeah. like, he's, he's in under the biggest stages. But the other thing I think that's really important with these guys is that both Scott and Chris, and also um, the other guys that we work with, we have um, intervals has, a, uh, we, we have a bit of a partnership with, Telefunken mics who okay. are just helped us out by letting us use a set of drum mics a couple tours ago. Oh, sick! And I actually that's have them here, and I've been using them a lot because they are <laughs> unbelievable. <laughs> we use them for yeah some of the latest playthrough stuff, and and uh, where was I going with that part? That's uh, oh, and that's that's a separate sort of thing, and that's yeah. And mm-hmm. sorry, with that within that guy, that guy, um, that rep Connor. Same thing with Chris and Scott, where. They're looking at us and they're seeing a band that's not catering to the people that are just going to listen to music and then they're listening to other music. They're listening to our music most of the time with the guitar in their hand or a bass Mm. and they're trying to learn the parts or they're, you know, they're like looking at the gear or they're wondering who makes the album. Like we have the nerdiest fans in the world. Uh. We have the people that are looking at the products that we are holding. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, you know, we're not on a massive stage, but every, almost everyone that's looking at us cares about some of that to some yeah. extent, you know? Yeah. I know that's where, you know, a lot of my early influence ended up coming from in that same sense. So it's interesting because they, you know, they're not looking for anything that's like commercially gigantic. They're just looking for, people that they know are in it just for the love of it. Cause you can't play prog unless you're in it for the love. Yeah. Of it. Like, not, <laughs> we're not doing this cause we're trying to make bucks, you know? Like, yeah. Well, and that's the thing too. Like I think it was Gary Clark made a comment once how he had a VHS of uh, Steve Ray Vaughn mm-hmm. and he would just pause it to see where his fingers were on the guitar. Yeah. Oh wow. To, like, learn that solo. And it's just like, now kids have YouTube. They Dude, can just bring it up. And, and the YouTube slowing down thing is bananas. Oh, you can play any YouTube. Any oh, okay. Yeah, I any, was like, yeah. YouTube slowing down? No, well, uh, yeah, yeah uh, you can play it at 0.5 or 0.75. Yeah, 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 right? Rewind, yeah. Um, or try to play a song at 1 or 2.0. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. Two times. Um, and I have an, actually have an app that I use for that stuff, which is really handy because I can like loop parts and it detects the beat. Like it's, um, can set up loops to snap it to the tempo and all that stuff, which is yeah. handy. But, I remember trying to do that exact stuff where you're slowing it down, where you're just listening to the tiniest bit and you're using, you're using the rewind (laughs) button on the CD Walkman, Yeah. but you're holding it down just enough. So it doesn't go too far because it ramps up in speed in reverse speed as you hold on to it. Oh, now it's back to one minute. No, I wanted to go a split second. So it went back to two minutes and 40 seconds (laughs) because this part happens at two forty five, and I got to wait and I got to listen. Oh, I missed it. Damn it. (laughs) Then I go back. I was learning parts back in the day mm. now it's like oh i can just watch it at 50 percent. you can't miss it yeah. it's like yeah. right hand left hand playthroughs are for every goddamn for song sure. ever yeah, yeah i got a student that only learns songs but by watching playthroughs yeah wow, i'm like how do you learn songs like watch playthroughs <laughs> what, yeah, what right. happens if there's a playthrough i don't play the song <laughs> okay <laughs> well we're gonna have crazy. to learn to use a year at some point mm. but we'll get there you know, um it's my job i guess yeah so you talked about like getting that kim mitchell gig so like how you talked about it (laughs) so you're like how did like you get into that like because you were already touring you had your other bands by this point yeah yeah i mean it's a sort of a similar i mean honestly like 
the business is so weirdly connected. It depends on who you're talking to for what reason at any given moment. And for me at that point, it was trying to do some kind of online lesson thing that I was asked to uh, kind of join up with and, and add some content for. Um, and it was kind of like going to be, it was like basically when Drumio was starting. Hmm, okay. Um, and even Jared Falk, Jared Falk, Falk before that, Online Drum Lessons or whatever, it was like a super cheesy, easy name. And then he changed to Drumio and the brand just blew up. But yeah. I think that was right around the time that the brand was changing. It was like 20, yeah, 2012, something like that. Mm. And one of the, the guy basically trying to run the whole thing was Chris Sutherland, who was playing in Kim's band at the time. And he, uh, and, but talk about session guys, like that guy, he played with Sass Jordan's band. He played with the Roadrunners or Roadrunners? No. What the hell are they called? Uh, <laughs> that's going to bug me because it's been a little bit. They, oh my God. Not the Roadrunners. But they're, um, they're like a, like a, almost like a ripping bike rock country band kind of thing. Like, okay. Okay. Oh, anyway, the Road Hammers. Thank Was you very much. Yeah. There you go. Nice. Road yeah. Thank you. So you know who it is. <laughs> yeah, that's good. Uh, all right, beautiful. Yeah, he was playing with the Road Hammers. Um, he was on tour with them. I think that was the year he was on tour. He's done musical theater. He played in like, um, he played in Kinky Boots and like all okay. those ones in Toronto. He's like, just, wow. he's done a different circuit. Now he's playing in a different original band and just slamming. Wow. Anyway, so that guy, he was getting the offer to play with some uh, some Roadhammer tours, basically. And the thing with Kim is that he's in his mid-60s. Oh, I guess it's maybe late 60s now, but it was I think he was like 62, something like that, back then when I was there. And doing like, I don't know, 25, 30 gigs, maybe 40 a year. But like, you can't just that like if you're the drummer like you know you gotta oh, yeah. do other stuff so you, you, you know he's been doing other stuff he's i think he was in the band for like 10 15 years juggling different things but then roadhammer was just like, a nice chunk of touring to do in the summer not too much and he would only miss a few gigs so i was actually in the studio in, in guelph um at jordan's place at sundown oh, yeah, back Gloria. in the day nice. and yeah jordan valeria's place and we were doing it was in the crestfallen sessions we were making our second ep oh. or his ep and I remember sitting on the couch and just get a buzz on the phone and I see it's Chris. So I just walk outside. I'm like, oh, like, what was, what was the, I'm trying to think of what the drum online thing we were going to do was called, but drum hang. Um, okay. I'm like, oh, okay. It's going to be a drum hang thing. Like maybe he wants me to do some horrors things like, you know, perfect. Great. Mm. I have, it was on my mind anyway, kind of. And I pick it up <clears throat> and he was like, Hey, uh, got a weird question. And I was <laughs> like, this sounds unlike what you, what I was already <laughs> expecting. And he was like, Got this thing, you know, road hammers and basically just asked me if I would be against he he worded it like, Would you be against playing a gig with Kim? And I was like, Bro, like what do you mean against? Like there's no I'm like, Do you want me to call my dad and ask me like, you know, if if he'll approve of it? Because I feel like he might like not believe me and like literally, you know, my dad got me into Kim and Joe. I was a yeah. huge I was a Max Webster fan at age ten. Like, wow. I was an actual yeah. Max Webster fan. Like, I wasn't, like, I was a legit <laughs> fan of Kim Mitchell. And it was so weird because, like, you know, I got the set list and, like, we played some of the classics that I, not my most favorite song when I was a kid, which was Czech. Um, <laughs> for some reason, that was my favorite song. and uh, But a whole bunch of other ones that, I, you know, it was just, like, it was pretty surreal. But it was literally just a scheduling thing. Mm -hmm. Just, like, you know, just, like, mm -hmm. the auras thing. And mm -hmm. that's kind of how these, we all have to sort of, utilize each other's strengths like in the mm -hmm. drumming community especially because there's so few of us that have the patience to do lots of notes or or have the patience to not do a lot of notes mm -hmm. that's actually another mm -hmm. whole different thing yeah and i think um between doing enough drum hang stuff like we've made some videos i did some preliminary preliminary videos and even some playthroughs for auras and i think basically once chris saw that i could play the aura stuff like not flying away from the grid, but somewhat like on time, mm -hmm. considering how wild it is. And it's because it's all based on the rock beat. And this is the stuff that I talk about when I teach and people are like, I think you're just screwing with me. I'm like, no, listen, it's the only reason I'm holding anything together when I'm playing the nuts. Wow. Yeah. But I think just the fact that I could hold down beats while playing some madness, um, he was a little bit like, okay, like if you right, you're still grooving while you're playing weird shit. So, yeah, you know, you can probably 
play a rock groove with feel and that's kind oh of yeah the, but i mean little did i know i wasn't as prepared as i thought i was gonna be but wow it went well like it definitely yeah it went yeah. All great but oh, could, yeah. but there was just one there was one just since i'm on it there was one um sound check in particular where uh pete the bass player who's also the one that sings on alana in the chorus okay. and all that super high voice um yeah. God, that guy's amazing, and he plays the Moog like foot, foot like bass sub bass thing on yeah. the floor as well as bass guitar and singing at the same time. The guy's nuts. Turns back to me in the middle of Rockland, which we're sound checking Rockland, which is also one of my favorite kind of just like solo kin songs. Just a rock groove. There are almost no crashes in the whole song, and oh. there are no fills, and oh. it's just downbeat backbeat and it, it was so satisfying to play and i loved it so much because of how simple it was and i'm like i just have to think about how i'm playing i don't think yep. about what i'm playing i don't have to remember there's an extra kick in the third round yeah it's almost harder than ever when you have simple 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 then something weird sprinkled in here and there the middle, big right? time yeah because then you're yeah. like oh what, the, what? oh yeah yeah <laughs> it just throws you off so this song i was like yeah. so amped and we were and maybe because i was amped it was putting me in this position but he just turned back at me and he was just like Hey man, like, dude, I love where you're sticking the kick. Like, the kick feels like it's sitting in the perfect spot. Just great, beautiful. Your backbeat, I feel like you're almost like rushing it just like a little bit, maybe. And I'm like, honestly, like when he said it to me, I was like, you know, and I'm, I try to, like, I have, um, I try to have keep, like, I'm, I honestly don't think that I'm ever at a hundred percent any of the gigs ever at any point. I'm always at this point where I always feel vulnerable because I can hear yeah. the raw stuff in my ears and all the stuff. So I'm always thinking like, it's okay. You know, it's okay. And he said that to me and I'm like, that's not my issue in my head. I'm like, that's, that was like, I think, you know, like maybe I wasn't consistent with the hi-hats or like my timing for wow. this fill or whatever. But I'm like, my, my snare backbeat's not my problem. Like what, what is he talking about? And then I was like, okay, whatever. So we play the next verse. And he, he turn comes back and he's like, yeah, you know, just a little more. And I'm like, okay, okay, interesting. So like I sit there for a second and I just try to like sit it back a little further than I would in time. And that was a really, really hard thing to do. Oh, yeah. It was one of the hardest gigs ever because the whole time I was just thinking, don't, not too early, not too early. <laughs> and when I'm talking too early, I'm talking literally no one can hear it except for the people that are specifically looking for the exact time. And when I tell you these guys had meter, like Kim and Pete had an insane way of knowing. So I was hooked up to a click, uh, which was optional. Yeah. And I had the foot pedal thing going. And this is something I actually built back in the Chasing Amy days where I had uh, like I had the memory of all the songs, whatever. So I could go forward and backward with the foot pedal. And then I had to start stop because Kim said to me, he's like, listen, if you're feeling it and we're a bit into it, just like get rid of the click. If you don't feel like, you know, if, if we're trying to push it, if we're trying to pull it back, just turn the click off. Wow. I was like, okay, that's great. Mm -hmm. Perfect. Mm -hmm. So I do that. And I'm like, you know, first gig, I'm a little more locked to the click. Second gig, I've obviously got more confidence. My The first one, my parents came, all of, they came to, which is funny, all the way to New Brunswick. Um, wow. And, which is a whole <laughs> different story in itself because the flights got canceled and they drove. But my, my <laughs> aunt and uncle lived there, so they had plans to kind of like chill with them. Yeah. So set, first gig was done. It was second gig. So I'm like, oh, man, I got it last time. I'm not going to screw this one up. Not that I screwed anything up necessarily, um, but uh, not that gig. Man, I keep just giving <laughs> you hints, right? Yeah. Um, but no, but the the whole thing for me was that it was it was so much more about holding everything together in a way that I was not like getting too far in my head and thinking of what I had to play and just being like, okay, if I turn the click off, I can just continue going and it'll be great. So I turn the click off and like literally three seconds later and I'm just, I'm like, yeah, oh. this is awesome. Kim's head just turns and I'm like, back on with the click. Here I go. Just click. My left foot just like, I, it was like oh an impulse. I knew right away. I'm like, there's no way this dude actually just felt that time change. Cause I know I was rock solid, but he's like an actual ninja. Wow. <laughs> that and also, that. you know, I can fault my adrenaline in small ways. I know my adrenaline pushes yeah. me a little bit in the live setting. But yeah, that was, that was a funny moment. I'm like, all right, that's staying on for every song now. Yeah. <laughs> unless, unless I'm on it and he looks back at me and like, you know, leans back or moves forward or something like that. Then I'm turning off and going with him. Yeah. 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 But until then I'm just going to stick to my, uh, 
my little corner here. Totally. <laughs> <laughs> to totally. Yeah. That was, and that, that was not something I thought I had an issue with. So yeah. It's just funny how that, that those little subtle things are mm. like, this is a, this is something that separates the men from the boys. Like oh, this is the man. big difference yeah. between guys like that play these gigs and guys like me, they're just like, ah, oh, it's just a rock beat. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> like whatever. Mm. How hard can it be? You, you never know what you sound like until somebody else points it out. hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's the thing too. Like um, when you were watching them that first time, you said, you know, you were pointing out these little things they do. Like, have you taken those little things and like continue to do that in your career now? Or yeah, I mean, well, some of it was sort of more so like how the band interacted in certain parts of the song, which are just different bands will kind of do different things. Mm-hmm. Like it'll, it was more akin to the music that they were playing. Um, but yeah, definitely. Like I think there is a there's an element of. Well, first of all, my posture, I think, has slowly been improving ever since then. But every time I look at videos of that, I'm just like, man, I was just leaning right over because I was so focused on what I was playing mm-hmm. and, and all this stuff. Right. So it's just a constant journey, obviously refining. But yeah, it's it's uh, it was a, it was a lot more specific into their kind of I can't even really their think of, anything. of the trade kind of thing. Yeah. Like how, yeah. you know, he would like lean over and then that like everyone would just know that the keyboard solo is just gonna happen didn't happen last night but it's gonna happen uh, now yeah like because he just like did that and it's like okay i gotta realize yeah. that i gotta like take a look at where he's looking and just yeah. be aware of those yeah. little things you know actually i guess on that note it is pretty similar and and even with intervals especially it's very much like that because i mean we don't really need to um there's no real room to move necessarily anyway, because we're sort of playing a song the way it's supposed to be played, like the way that it's, it's yeah. Yeah. written, kind of. There isn't really a lot of room for flexibility in that stuff. But when it comes to, you know, sim- simple cues, like moving or not moving, I don't know, more or less, I guess, you have that, you just yeah. have that attentiveness, I guess, as a musician, mm-hmm. where you're not just listening, which we spend so much time working on trying to uh-huh. listen better because oh, it makes yeah. us better players. But then also watching, you create yeah. this whole, that's the fifth or the sixth, um, uh, like dimension of coordination <laughs> yeah. for drumming. You got <laughs> your right foot, your left foot, your right hand, your left hand, you got your ears and then you got your eyeballs. Yeah. Which are, yeah there's a lot of stuff going that on. That was one of the big things. That was a big change for me playing in with Texas King. Cause I was, you know, in three crowns at the time and yeah. everything was just on an iPod, click track, boom, yeah. set, and go and, you start the song until you were done the song yeah. and then you were done the song. You this, yeah. Have to really, yeah, you guys have some more play, right? Like you'll, you'll hang on a part. Maybe oh, yeah. your singer will, will chill for a bit and talk oh, yeah. or, or sing something or yeah. whatever. Jordan, he'll often tap a foot and that means he's usually telling me to slow down or yeah. speed up, yep. which is, uh, always cool to look at um yeah and that's stuff that flies by the audience too it's great because oh yeah. because it's so i don't know it's almost like your own personal challenge to be like how covert ops can we be about all these things like yeah yeah bass player trips over the cable like oh, <laughs> no one saw that one you know like yeah. <laughs> I, drop, I drop sticks all the time and i'm just like oh nope no you didn't see that because yeah. i got a stick in this stick <laughs> yeah. right beside me or that i'm yeah. sitting on in my butt you know like absolutely you gotta find ways to just make the, sh- the show must go on yeah as they sure. say um, man, how do you feel about your status now that you've done all of this stuff? I mean, does it feel like just the same? Dude, my status is always pending. Yeah, <laughs> status right. is constantly yeah, pending. Yeah. Um, no, I mean, like, I feel like it's, yeah, it has been, that's the thing, this year has been so weird that, um, people have been forced to kind of be in their own heads maybe more than some would like. And I think for me, it's sort of, maybe I've been needing that. I think yeah. I've been needing it more than, than I realized that I've been needing it. Uh, because I do have time on my, like, I'd like to sort of take, you know, a little stroll or something in the middle of a day on tour and I'll do it on my own or, yeah. or whatever. I'll spend some time somewhat on my own. But I think being able to just sort of sit in this room, for example, and like, look at things and be like, okay, what's the thing that's going to make me go like, Oh, this is an easier workflow or, or, oh, this is a more inspiring, like, piece of, piece of like, for example, I just got this guy recently. Oh, I don't even need it. This is top one. And it's, <laughs> it's simply a compressor. But it, it's, oh. it is just a really, like, I don't, I no longer have to think about dialing the umbra- the top umbra- top part of the umbrella in. Yeah. I just have to fit everything underneath it. And I know that everything that I put out the door, even if it's for 
uh, playthrough videos for intervals or aura stuff, or if it's for uh, making Shred Penner albums because we just make like original albums and stuff now. It's like now I know what I'm dealing with as far as you know a quicker and more efficient way to do the things that I know I need to do in this room, which is like I said before, a lot of different things, but I'm starting to kind of figure out what I'm a better at than others yeah, and, and be more like fulfilled with like doing it and being like, totally didn't feel like a work day and totally was a work day. You know, that's amazing. That's that, the, and that's yeah. the thing that's tough. Like, you know, there's, I know there's different aspects of things that get old quick. So yeah, I'm trying to find ways where it can, Stay fresh, I guess, you know? Man, that, that's fantastic. I like to hear that a lot. Hmm. So, like, what can you say, like, what's next for you kind of thing right now? Like, Hopefully a freaking tour, man. Yeah. <laughs> so great. Let's do it. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I mean, we got, well, we have an Intervals record coming out soon. Um, and I guess, I think I have a, one playthrough coming out, I think, next week. I keep, I keep saying to our manager, I'm like, yeah, I forgot the dates that we said, you said we were going to release this and this. And then he sent it literally today. And again, I forget. Yeah. I can look at it. but um, So that's coming out soon. And the record itself comes out Friday, the 13th of November. That's going to be nice. And then we Sick. have like a playthrough for every single song. So I got to get back in and, and film a bunch more of those in the next couple months. And then also doing some songs with my like I said, cover band that really is also an original band most of the time. Like, is that this like we same kind of... band that I saw at Gator Tail? Yeah, Shred Penner. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Okay. Yeah. Oh yeah. We, yeah, we've been doing it for like ten years or something. Yeah. Um, and it's funny those guys. I was like my first ever tour. Yeah. Was with them when I was like twenty. Gator Tail. Sorry, Gator Tail is a local bar in Cambridge here. Yeah. So, Actually, so, so funny you say yeah. that. I teach. So the owners of Gator Tail, Alana and Steve. Their son Matthew, ten years old. Yeah, he's my one of my new students. No way! And let me tell that you Bolton's something place. about that kid. He is going to be something else. <laughs> no way! He's fired right up. Wow! And you know what I was saying at the beginning, like I think before we were even doing this, like just the, having the ability to have the patience, um, to like you know go through the repetition and care about the little boring things that I have to say. He cares. Like that oh, kid that's cares. Awesome. It's such a funny Love thing. Like that. he's uh. So yeah, that's that's just funny you mentioned the Gator Show because they, yeah. they're they're great people. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the, between the the intervals, at least I don't have to do anything in that department for the most yeah. part. Mm-hmm. I know we'll have like tab books and things like that. I gotta just do approve some drum tabs and things like that. But then I can do some fun stuff with Shred in that way where we make some originals. We're gonna do like probably two or three. We do it all in here too. We did all live amps and stuff last time. Like I got a snake between the two rooms. I don't show you the two, but so it was great because we could separate everything and, yeah. and do it all. Feel like we're making kind of a real record, and yeah. now we have a lot more knowledge about how to do the next one a little bit better. Nice, fantastic. And then I'm just gonna start probably working on the next Aura's release over the winter. I would imagine. Like Can't it's wait. it's often at you know Josh's pace. Like you never want to rush something that takes yeah. so much like, <laughs> yeah I mean, it does like, the it fact really that he does. can even write 10 songs within the span of a year and a half or two years is bananas like yeah yeah because like the drum ideas even that like, he throws my way i'm just like ah, what do you i know you have like you know pre-workout and stuff like that you're oh taking all the time but what are you taking like what kind of shit are you <laughs> oh my gosh man we could talk for yeah. hours literally that's what yeah. i'm saying like half hour <laughs> lessons for me are impossible yeah. now Absolutely, but I'm trying to get yeah. better at it. But man, we want to both thank you very much for coming yeah, on to the awesome. show and of talking course. about your career and the endorsements and all that stuff. You guys are like the Uber Eats of podcasting. Just <laughs> right, right to my rig, you just rocked up and just no problem. Like, no, that's what we plan to do. We could even do this yeah. like in my bedroom over there. Why not? I could be like laying on my bed. Yeah. Yeah. So you made it as convenient as can be. So. Oh. That's what we're trying to do. Sweet. Well, thanks so much, man. No problem. Appreciate it. Cheers, guys. Yeah. Man, that was a cool interview. Yeah, like he was our first one. He set the bar high for everyone else moving forward, and he told so many great like little lessons that you can relate it to anything in life. Absolutely, not just music. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, we want to thank you guys all for listening to the first episode. We want to give a big thanks to Nathan Bola for coming out. For sure. So like I said, 
we don't know how often these episodes are going to be coming out, but keep your eyes peeled. Follow us on social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. That's where you can stay up to date. We're going to be posting some cool content on there. And make sure you subscribe to uh, Rhythm of Love on your favorite streaming platform. Thank you so much.